Back to Rivals of the East. I'm your host, Buzz, with co-host Sean. Sean, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing. Um, just got finished. Uh, you know, watching some of that preseason game last night, late after work. But um, yeah, uh, some good stuff. Good stuff, and uh, more training camp information going on here. Yes, there is. Sean, I got a quick question for you. So, some things in life are meant to be simple, right? It's pretty straightforward. What is a what in your opinion as a New Englander? Okay, what is supposed to come in a breakfast burrito? <laughs> a breakfast burrito? a breakfast burrito. I want your thoughts on this. Well, eggs for one. Yeah, check. So, some some form of pork product, probably whatever sausage, it may be. or bacon, or both. Yeah. Okay cheese yeah it's pretty basic and of course the the tortilla that you you grill it on right well i'm being the chef yourself free you never know look for the gf yeah i got a breakfast burrito today and uh it's my fault for not checking but i ordered this breakfast burrito and it looks good you know you see this breakfast burrito and it's all grilled nicely on each side and this is not a fast food restaurant, okay? It's a, it's a nice restaurant. I just had to order it to go. Because obviously there's important things that we have to discuss today. So I go to take a bite of this breakfast burrito. And me assuming, what is a, bar- a breakfast burrito, Sean? Well, we just talked about that. I took a bite of this breakfast burrito and I immediately spat it out. Okay, you are correct. There were eggs in it. And there was cheese. That's not the problem. They threw in some some avocado, which, you know, is fine. I don't mind that. The beets go into a breakfast burrito. (laughs) What is it? Yeah, if you got Dwight Schrute over here whipping you up a breakfast burrito, I guess. There was no sausage. There was no bacon. It was beets, (laughs) eggs, cheese, and avocado. That's not a breakfast burrito. That's a beet uh, burrito. Much, much like the training camp stories coming out of Miami. Those are also too deceiving, sir. Oh, give me a break. Well, I'm, I'm done complaining about my beet breakfast burrito. I didn't eat it. So I'm not ordering. I'm just going to have to start asking. But uh, anyways, yeah, training camp's been going on. Um Preseason is just kicking off. If you haven't heard, the Ravens are still 21-0 in preseason because they've won how many Super Bowls? Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, anyways, looking back, uh, training camp note-wise, there's a lot of changes, obviously, this offseason. A lot that we were interested in from both sides because Josh McDaniels left New England as offensive coordinator, has gone to the Vegas Raiders. You know, we've had a lot of changes as well in Miami, as well as litigation, tampering, uh, really just a plethora of the whole spectrum, right? So another first-time head coach, another first-time uh, situation that we're looking into. 
this one seems to be just as promising as all the others as far as training camp notes go. So we'll see how that translates to games. But really, uh, I want to get your thoughts, Sean, on New England because I'm very interested. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia were brought in to be Bill's wingmen. And there's no technical titles. We've been here before. But apparently, Matt Patricia has been calling plays from his walkie-talkie and making takeout orders. So what what are you hearing? What have you seen from the Patriots training camp over the last week and a half, two weeks from these changes? So the biggest headlines right now is um, for the first time in God knows how long the Patriots offenses had major changes with their uh, scheme, the play calling, the verbiage, all of it. Um, They're going to a zone concept. So you'll see a lot of rushing outside the zones, um, zone blocking scheme. You'll, you'll see a lot of that less of that power formations that they used to like to run with the fullback and, you know, try to shove it up the gut, up the center. Um, it's supposed to be, you know, just more simple, easier to, you know, digest. Um, if if that's going to be the case or not, that's a different story. Um, I also think that has a big part to play with, you know, the loss of Josh McDaniels is, you know, you have to kind of go to something that maybe the new offensive coaches or whatever title they want to give it because they're going to they're going to remain vague on that. And honestly, when people go, well, there's got to be an offensive coordinator. No, this is Bill and never rule out anything with him. I still think it's kind of a little bit of him and uh, Matt Patricia. I don't think it's all Matt, but I think Bill does definitely play a part in that. Bill has been very hands-on with the receivers. We've seen him um, working with the offensive group more than he has in you know years past, and rightfully so with uh, you know the loss, some of that veteran experience in the coaching staff. Um, some, some quick little notes so far is, uh, offense has been struggling that that's just been the storyline. Everyone in the media is saying that, um, it's not looking fluid. It's not boom, bam balls coming out, you know, Mac Jones being decisive offensive line has struggled at times. Uh, I mean, to be fair enough, it's, it's Christian Barmore. He's been destroying a lot of their plays, uh, Gadshaw. After he had his contract, he, for whatever reason, he looks good. I don't know if it's because the offensive line is struggling to pick up the the new concept or if he's just playing better. But that has primarily been the story is offensive line struggling to block. Mac Jones looking uneasy and they're not getting any penetration in the run game. So Cole Strange, first overall draft pick. How's his performance been? Uh, Cole Strange has he he's consistent. Um, they show they talk about it a lot. They said uh, he he's a tough guy. Um, you know he he's out there banging heads. You know he he's he's blocking against Christian Barmore. So I I don't I don't expect him to win every battle. He hasn't won every battle. They said at times he's looked like a rookie, but they said he's definitely they see the athletic specimen that they drafted there. He he has shown potential. Gotcha. So Cole Strange, New England's first round pick, uh, at least got us, has the potential is getting there. Uh, interesting, too, is uh, James White retired. Yes. So obviously not going to be in New England. Uh, and there's also been talks, too. I don't know how he's done, but Bill's taking calls for 
fielding calls, I should say, for Damian Harris. Um, apparently that's what's happening. I haven't seen too much of that in the New England media. You know, is there probably speculation because he just drafted, you know, two running backs and then signed Ty Montgomery? I think Ty Montgomery is that Brandon Bolden, James White kind of role, the third down back that they can kind of, you know, plug in, line up at receiver, what yep. whatever it is they want. Um, but I think between Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, I, I think that's fair. You know, is it too easily early to pass up on Damian Harris and move on from? I think so. I don't think another year is going to hurt to have him. If they want to trade, sure. If you get a third or a second, that's fine too because he's a bell cow. He can catch. Nothing yeah. nothing fancy, but he's a good running back. Yeah, I, I Damian Harris, obviously he had a, a couple instances last season the first game of the year against Miami, he had that fumble in the red zone as X knocked the ball out. But he also had some good games, if I if I recall correctly, he had some big games too, along with Ramondre Stevenson and some of the other backs you guys have. So I think another year would be good for him. But if you know the strike while the iron's hot, Bill, if he can get that bag of Doritos and a compensatory pick, you're out of there. Sorry. So we'll see what happens with that. I thought it's funny too. Just talking about it, you know, I, I saw some New England fans that were kind of upset when Nikhil Harry got traded to the Bears. And I see all the Bears reporters saying, we got ourselves potentially a real catch of a deal. Because what did they trade for him? Was it like a sixth yes, or something? It was a, it was a conditional six-round yeah. draft pick. And then um, the – and then the reports of the first practice are balls bouncing off of Nikhil Harry's hands. <laughs> no, it, it gets it gets better than that. It's been status quo. Um, he's already injured and having surgery. What? He got injured? <laughs> yes. Yes. He's already having surgery on his ankle. Was he already uh, injured when Bill traded him? No, but he did come off the like almost every single offseason. He's going through some sort of injury, whatever it is. That's actually, I think, primarily what got him off to the wrong, wrong start to, uh, you know, his career in the NFL is uh, he just didn't get that rookie time. And even the next year, yeah. he he's constantly injured. And if that's his fault, not his fault. I don't know. That's just the case. It's time to move on. Um, speaking on that, Icon Thornton. You know, yeah, sure. It's second round draft pick. Um, he's if there's anything positive about the offense, it's been Janu Smith and Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton, yes. Wow, um, he, he heard he's, you. He's consistently being schemed into the offense, and they're making a point of giving him the ball. And for the most part, he has been holding on to it, catching it. Um, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, whether it's Malcolm Butler, Terrence Mitchell, he he's he's running past and he he's kind of popping. Trey Nixon was that guy early in minicamp that was, you know, starting to turn some heads. He's kind of slowed down a little bit. We got Jacoby Myers um, starting to starting to get in there and make some catches. Uh, Devontae Parker early on was was the guy. He's definitely a red zone target that that seems to be his role. And that's definitely where he fits. Because anytime he's had the ball thrown his way, for the most part, he's caught it contested, not contested. But Tyquan Thornton, he's been blazing past corners, not letting them get his hands on him, and he he's been consistent. Um, 
So that's that's pretty much for the offensive part, defensive part. They've looked good. Honestly, they look good. Um, and I think that's kind of part to do with the offense struggling to pick up the new concept for now. Yeah. I think that's just what's helping them is defense kind of knows what they're doing and they're just barreling downhill, you know, getting to Mac Jones. So it, it makes your job easier when it's the same thing. It's been in and out every year. Um, Christian Barmore looks like he might be ready for that next step this year. He's been consistent. God Chow, as I mentioned earlier, all the safeties, literally all the safeties outside of McCordy, because you know, it's he's the veteran. He he hasn't been getting a whole lot of reps. Joshua yeah. Bledsoe has shown a knack to get the ball. Yeah. Um, Wade, uh, Sean Wade that we traded for from the Ravens last year, he's looked pretty good. Uh, a lot of deflections, a lot of deflections. Malcolm Butler has been eh, here and there. Not nothing really, nothing really his great going back. on. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on. The defense linebackers have looked good, consistent outside of Joshua. Uh, what is it? Uh, Joshua Shea getting thrown out of camp, uh, starting fights with uh, Haran, Christian Barmore with Andrews. But, you know, I like the feistiness. I like it on both sides. So that's good. How about Dolphins? What, what What's going on down there outside of, you know, Tua being the best quarterback on the planet, the most accurate passer ever, and he's going to throw for 5,000 yards this year? Whoa, 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 whoa. PFF did say five thousand yards. Okay, they said four thousand eight hundred. Right, three three hundred. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, so training camp wise, since you mentioned Tua, we'll talk about Tua first. So apparently, you know, with training camp, Tua had a big pass early on to Hill uh, when they were playing Noah Igbenogin. They've been giving a lot of reps to Noah Igbenogin, who's just absolutely atrocious, and Trill Williams. Um, so those two guys have been covering Hill and Waddle at early stages, first three, four days of training camp. And there was a big pass that Tua had that was, uh, I think it was like a 50 to 55 yard air ball. He got to Hill and stride on uh, Noah on coverage on Hill. And that went viral for a little bit there. So he's had a lot more positive PR out of this training camp than prior to training camp. Um, to me, I don't put too much into anything. If it's an underthrown ball, if it's a perfectly placed ball, because as we know, it's been many times Tom Brady, even for example, has had horrible training camps and gone on to win the Super Bowl. So, um, other quarterbacks have had horrible training camps and had MVP seasons, like Aaron Rodgers had a horrible training camp in 2012, I think it was, or 2011, and went on to go with the a NFC Championship game and uh, win MVP too. So, I mean, there's there's a lot you can put in that he's learning the offense. It seems that he's learning it. He's taking more control of it. Um, I don't really have anything to say too much about Tua, but that it seems like he's getting a grasp on it. The biggest, um, some of the biggest struggles that we've got on offense, though, is offensive line. So offensive line, as we've talked about before, Connor Williams is a left guard that we took. He used to be a Dallas. We kicked him to center. He's doing okay. Center is probably one of the hardest positions to play on the offensive line, though, as you know, because not only do you have to be in charge of the snap count with the quarterback, you've also got to make sure that as soon as you get that ball out, you're going to have to move three, five yards down the field. You got to be quick, especially in this wide zone run scheme. So he's struggling a little bit with being able to get the ball off and make those transitions to move. They're hopeful that he can get it down. He hasn't had any too high snaps. He hasn't had any too low. So it's not just the snapping. Like he seems to be doing okay with that. 
but you're not going to learn center. You're not going to get the center position down, switching from a guard that you've played your whole career over to center. You're not going to get that down in four or five weeks. It's just, that's not going to happen. There's, it's going to take a while. So I think he's doing the best that he can for right now, which is great. Pads came on and he was still progressing a little bit, not to the degree that they had hoped, but you know, the season doesn't start till nine uh, 11. So that's where we take on the Patriots there. So he's got time. We've got preseason. We've got a few other things as well. So uh, Austin Jackson, he is looking potentially competent at right tackle. He's on to his blind side, which if you're a Miami fan, that should scare you. The fact that we, and this still doesn't make sense to me. If we have a left-handed quarterback, why you go get a left tackle instead of trying to get a right tackle for a blind side? I don't know. I'm not complaining. We've got Teron Armstead. I'm just, to me, I'm like, it just doesn't make any sense. But Austin Jackson, he had some good days at camp in the first couple of weeks, had some really not so good days. There was a play where uh, he slimmed down, you know, our offensive line. I think, you know, they're right around 300 pounds on average, three to 310. Um, they've slimmed down a little bit. That was a big thing this offseason that they were trying to do is get them more, you know, obviously versatile to make uh, moves in that scheme for blocking. Uh, Trent Williams himself and the Niners, I mean, he's not a gigantic guy. I mean, he's, what, 296, 300 pounds, and he moves fairly quick. So they're trying to mimic that. But, yeah, Austin Jackson had a few pancakes where he just flat on his back as soon as the ball hikes. And then he had some days after that where he applied some techniques some coaching, whether it was from our offensive line coach or Teron Armstead. So he's, he's getting there. We'll see. I'm still not confident in him as a starter, but we'll see. Um, everybody else seems okay. Teron Armstead, of course, when he has been taking reps, he's very limited because of his knee issue, because he is a veteran that we want to try to keep him as healthy as possible as we get closer to the season. When he has played, Made top three offensive linemen in the NFL. Obviously, you can see why. So, um, in that regard, just still very little depth on the offensive line. If somebody goes down, that's concerning to me. Uh, Dieter is back, who was our center before, Michael Dieter. He's out of the walking boot, but still, you know, that's that's just my concern there. Uh, receivers, everything's good. Uh, Waddle is Waddle. You know, I mean, he's still uh, he's getting better and better. Hill is Tyreek Hill. So those guys are fast. Uh, the funny thing is one-on-ones, Xavier Howard has Tyreek Hill beat all the time. Uh, X is still a lockdown corner on Tyreek Hill. Uh, Byron Jones has been out. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season at this point. He was supposed to be back in June. Then they said July in training camp. Now they're saying like third game in preseason. Like it keeps getting farther and farther back. I think his Achilles is messed up. So if we don't have Byron Jones on the opposite side and we've got Noah Igbenogin because Nick Needham's a slot guy, yeah, everybody's just going to be picking on Noah because not only has he just been terrible this training camp, uh, joint practices with the Bucks. I mean, he was getting burned by third, fourth string receivers. He got burned on multiple plays. Um, who, who, who burned him on uh, one of the plays? Perriman, I think, was one of them. It's just not a – he's just not getting it. It's just not even good depth. So, Trill Williams is at least a depth piece. I think he's been doing good. But Braylon Sanders has been looking good at wide receiver. He's trying to, to play for his position. Who else? We've got uh, our wide receiver draft from um, 
this pre on the fourth round, I think it was that we took him. Uh, he's doing really well. Easy E as he's called in training camp. So he's, he's playing well, not really anything else to report as far as a run game goes. It's still finding its knack. Uh, we've had a couple good run game days. We've had some days that were not so much because the defense is looking stout front four, five, you know, Ogba, Wilkins, uh, they're playing really, really strong. Siler's had some good days too, uh, being right there in the front, Melvin Ingram has been getting more reps over Van Ginkle, which I'm not, I don't know, 33 years old. And the depth chart came out. He's above Van Ginkle and he's, you know, he's only going to give you about a good, you know, 400 snaps a year. You know, he'll give you about 20 plays a game that he'll be on 20 snaps, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out. He's looked, you know, pretty good in camp though. Really strong in camp. Uh, Linebacking core, linebacker core is still, you know, they need some work. Uh, Tyndall's had some good performances. So I think he, it took him a little bit week two. He started coming into his own about training camp day six, day seven, he started coming into his own. So, um, I would say my biggest concern out of looking at, before we talk about, uh, some of these joint practices, my biggest concern looking ahead into the season is we got a lot of question marks with durability on some players, like key players. Raheem Mostert had a major injury. Tua has injury histories and major injuries. Teron Armstead has major injury histories. Byron Jones has now had an injury that's keeping him sidelined longer and longer. We we can you know we have a backup center who's got who had a pretty bad uh, foot injury. I mean, durability wise, seventeen games instead of sixteen. You're going to have to have depth in that cornerback position. We need corners. We need corners, especially if Byron's hurt. It's going to be rough for us. That's Dolphins training camp pretty much so far. But you know what's interesting to me, Sean? What? Isn't it funny how you can have a joint practice and each side says, oh, we dominated. Oh, the, I'll give you an example. The Bucks were saying, Tom Brady was carving up the Dolphins' defense with short, quick passes. And then if you go to the Miami side, Miami is reporting, ah, Tom Brady was frustrated. He could only dump off screen passes. I'm like, it's a practice. You know, it's a vanilla playbook if there ever was one. Uh, You know, we had a mix-up on our – there was a two-minute drill where you're trying to get to field goal range. That was the end of the practice uh, the first day. Tua and the starters went all out there, and they tried to drive down the field. They got to right around position for Jason Sanders, and then time expired because they couldn't get onto the field quick enough. So they didn't. They couldn't do it. But the Bucks, Tom Brady, of course, went down there, drove down the field. They got you know in position where they actually got the field goal off to win the scrimmage. But you'll have reports come out and say, well, Brady was sacked. They let him play anyways. It would have been a sack. Or you have uh, another report that was saying that there were two footballs on the field at one point when the Dolphins were driving. I don't know. You know, I didn't see any video or pictures or anything of that. So who's to say? I don't know. It's practice. It doesn't even matter. So there's more ahead. We play the Bucs uh, coming up. But joint practice-wise for New England – Who'd you guys practice with, Sean? So joint practices are just going to start actually with the Panthers. Um, So it hasn't started yet, but that will start Monday. Um, 
so t- talking a little bit about you know preseason yeah so the Patriots just had a game against the Giants um late up in the night you know watching this um seeing what's going on just off the bat the first preseason game very menial not nothing really of any importance um it's all rotational depth players the Giants actually rolled out their first uh their first drive was their starters. Patriots did not have their offensive starters in there at any point in the game. Wow. Um, they started out with Brian Hoyer, e- even the receivers. The only like possible starting receiver they had out there was Tyquan Thornton. That was it. How not many, even the running backs. No Monjury. How many um how many drives was he on? Thornton. Uh Thornton? Uh he was out there for three or four, I believe. Okay. Um but uh, he did catch a little touchdown from Brian Hoyer. Um, they got into the red zone. He rolled out to the right, and he was able to find a Taekwon break off real quick for an easy touchdown. Um, so th- the biggest thing I actually want to talk about is the defense. Um, so we've been hearing that the defense has been playing pretty well in training camp, uh, and they looked exactly how I expected against the starters. Um, you got pressure immediately coming off the edge. Um on Daniel Jones. In fact, he already got sacked by Terrence Mitchell. Um, they did a corner blitz off the side. Josh Shea, uh, he is the biggest positive. Every single play, I saw him come on the edge. He was immediately penetrating, pushing on from the outside in. And a quarterback had to either throw it away or take a hit and get rid of the ball at the same time. Um, outside of him, uh, was it Gruger Hill? I believe number 45, I saw him blow up a few plays where he came down the center bowl rushing and, and they just had no answers for it. Corners. Let's talk about the corners. Oh, this is why I think it's going to be a little different than some might expect against the Dolphins. The corners look terrible. Okay. Malcolm Butler got his hands in there a few times, late tackles at the last minute, just drop passes from the receivers. Not that he's, you know, contesting them off the line or you know hand fighting with them a lot of times i saw a lot of beat receivers receivers that shouldn't be beating them these are starting corners out here they looked bad um the players i actually will say did look good was some of the third fourths um sean wade i i think he had like four deflections that game he two of his deflections were dropped picks what that he was able to get his hands in and rip wow. out the ball. Was that versus the starters? Flying up in the air. Yeah. That uh the first drive, yes. Wow. That did happen once, but all for the rest of the game. It was it was Sean Wade, um, hmm. Miles Bryant. Okay. Uh he was our fourth, fifth corner last year. He was a slot corner. When Jonathan Jones went out, they actually put him in. Yeah. Um he was the return man and he busted off a lot of 20 yard runs in the punt and kickoff returning. So I, I was pretty impressed with that. Um, I didn't really see much out of the corners. They didn't, they didn't have Adrian Phillips out there. It was mostly uh, Joshua Bledsoe and and some of the other guys that I know are simply camp bodies, but uh, defensive line. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really crazy. Amphrey Jennings. Um, Cam McGrone was out there. Uh, McGrone didn't really, nothing really stuck out to me. I, I thought, I thought him playing against, you know, second stringers, he should have showed up. He he really didn't. Um, but Josh Boucher and for DJs, I saw some pop plays where they were able to contain um, Mac. 
Wilson Sr. that we were able to trade for from the Browns. Yeah, he he actually had a pretty good college career, didn't do a whole lot with the Browns. Um, He's going to be in the starting rotation. He's going to be second to uh, on inside next really? to uh, Jawan Bentley. And th- a lot of people are kind of like, you know, what has he really shown that that's what he can do? He was fast. Every time the ball came on the inside or someone was rushing, he was there. He ran over there in a hurry and cleaned up some poor tackling. Tackling. Yeah. Atrocious. Ew. Like how many broken tackles I saw where the running back got an extra four or five yard spurts receivers, you know, where one hand like trying to grab and the players just breaking right through it. Maybe their that X was factor was in, it would maybe their X factor was on. You never know. Yeah. So Miles Bryant, um, Sean Wade. He he I'm really high on Sean Wade. He he looked pretty good. Josh Shea, Anthony Jennings, though those were the guys. Um Terrence Mitchell did get a forced fumble. Um the receiver w- was high holding the ball. He literally just had a punch straight out. It so that I'm not really gonna give him too much credit on. Um now on the offensive piece. I hope that's not what our run game looks like because it was terrible. Um <laughs> I think the longest run I saw was like seven yards. Um, JJ Taylor, they came out with a lot of reps initially. Um, there were a few plays where he had nothing and he was able to push forward, you know, for a small back, he was able to push forward, pick up an extra three or four, but outside of that, they, they were bad. Um, Kevin Harrison looked too good. He had a few, uh, throws in the flats to him where he, I don't know if he was expecting the ball at the time he was getting the ball. Maybe he was getting pressure and he was dumping it off late. He, he didn't look too great uh, holding on to the ball there. I mm. saw a lot of drops. Brian Hoyer going out there with East and making it look like how it should for a veteran that's been there long enough. So I am happy about that. Um, Wilkerson. So we've had him. He's been our fifth, sixth receiver, you know, only in injury situations. Have you seen him come out? He had mostly the targets as he should. And he held on to most of them. There was a few drops. Trey Nixon. So we've been high on him in minicamp. Got open plenty of times. Plenty of times. He had one really bad drop on third down. Hit him right in the hands. He was too busy looking for the contact and didn't concentration drops. Yeah. Besides that, he broke off a 36-yarder and a 23-yarder where he got wide open, held on to the catch, go routes. Um. Brian Hoyer making it look easier. I, I I swear, Brian Hoyer is a far better deep passer than he is short. And I don't understand how it's even possible because the guy really doesn't have an arm, but he somehow he fits in in between the safety. There was even double coverage. He was able to slip it in. So Brian Hoyer went down the you know field, got a touchdown, Tyquan Thornton. Um, and he only had two targets too. Um, outside of that, the other corner, uh, the other receivers, no one's going to be there. No one's going to be there when the season starts. They won't even make the roster. So it's not even notable. Yeah. We're speaking on that. The run game looked bad. Offensive line, you only had two guys that actually potentially might be in the rotation of starting lineup, uh, Haran and Yadni Kajus. Um, if you guys didn't know, I didn't mention it earlier, Trent Brown switching with Wynn. So Trent Brown was on the left tackle in camp and mm. Wynn was on the right. And another notable thing is, Yanni Kajus has been seen on right tackle in rotation with Win. So Win's not a luck. He's not mm. a luck for a job. So that's something to note. Um, 
they gave way too easy pressures off the side. Um, Yadni Kajus missed a few. He had he had a mixed bag. Um, Huron pretty much did what he was supposed to. The interior was god awful. Um, Bailey Zappi, good plays with a lot of pressure on him, and some really bad plays where you know just misfiring, inaccurate, forcing it in. He had a pick. Ball got kind of got muffed. He caught it. Couldn't hold on, kind of double caught it, and then had it slapped out, and then it was picked off. Um, outside of that, Zappi made a few rookie mistakes, you know, staring down the screen, couldn't find anyone down, throw, dumps it down way too late. He's immediately getting killed. I almost felt bad for him. Kevin Harris was just standing there with three defenders bull rushing him. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, it's it's what I expect. Um, I'm really looking forward to see the Panthers. Um yeah. If the Patriots offense doesn't drive against the Panthers defense with their starters out there, I might start being a little concerned about, you know, the training camp stories. But until then, I really want to see it in a real game setting because yep. um, I'm, I'm not sold that the offense is just going to fall flat on their face. All I need is OK early on after the first four or five games of the season. And then they really need to start clicking because it's a new offensive scheme. It's fair. Well, I don't know if you heard Sean, but uh, you know, Bill Belichick's never won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. So. Except for when he he, he was a coordinator on the giants, right? (laughs) Yeah. But that was Bill Parcells, big tuna. That wasn't Bill. Yeah. Big Belichick. (laughs) Listen, speaking um, of tuna, (laughs) So Miami's playing um, this coming weekend against the Bucks. So I don't know if Tom Brady's going to take PTO again, like he has been doing the last couple of days. Or I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to play at all in the this preseason game. He'll probably be there for moral support and then leave on his private airplane. But I would assume that we're probably going to see at least uh, a, a drive with Miami starters and I'm interested to see how they do uh, because in, in the scrimmages 11 on 11s in the joint practice um, the Bucks linebacker crew in front is uh, pretty stout. That's been their bread and butter. Of course, it's still really, really good. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Winfield, of course, in the backfield, he's another one who has been doing pretty well with holding Tyreek Hill in check, according to their reports. If you read Miami reports, Tyree killed. Nobody's holding him in a check. So I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, again, it doesn't matter till it gets to the season, but uh, we've got quite a bit coming up. Of course, we'll talk the next episode. We're going to go into the Miami preseason game. And then uh, who's New England's next preseason game? Is it the Panthers? It is the Panthers. Yep. Okay. So when do they play? Um, they play question. next week, like next weekend or something. Yeah, it's got to be a weekend because they just played Thursday. So yeah, it's probably like Friday or something. Friday. Yep. yep. 19th. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be breaking that down uh, within the coming episodes. But also, Sean, what I'm excited about is Madden 23 is coming out. Madden 23. And See some uh, of these terrible overalls and yeah. Be able yeah. to dive into franchise mode right. and get frustrated again. So we're... Here, here's a question for you. Under or over, how many controllers will I need to replace with Madden 23? Over two. Over two? Within the first six um, months. 
<laughs> see, the one I have already currently, I already think has already had some wear and tear as I'm beating it across me sitting on the ground. <laughs> well, I I think it's going to come down to uh, basically if there's any any real bad glitches, because obviously we aren't playing next next gen. We're going to start off yeah. here with uh, the current. So we'll see how that goes. But we're going to give our Madden overall review as well in an episode. So uh, stay tuned to that. But again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube. Uh, we're going to actually be giving some live uh, reactions to the games in the season starting on YouTube this year uh, with the first game, Patriots Dolphins. So if you want immediate live reactions on that, that'll be on our YouTube. And then we'll break down uh, later on in our normal podcast episodes. So be sure to subscribe there and give us your thoughts. We love your reviews, ratings, share it with your friends and family who are football fans, especially if they're Patriot and Dolphin fans. And yes, if you're a Jets fan, share it with them because you want to know what it's like to have a franchise that is trying to win. You want to know what it's like to be in a culture of victory. You know what I mean? Not, not gangrene, but, and if you're a Buffalo fan, then just keep going. All right. That's all I got to say. But anyways, uh, anything else you want to add, Sean, before we wrap up today? No, but the real question is, is uh, Zach Wilson's mom out there over by you, uh, her friend, perhaps? Um, would she have had a beet breakfast burrito? Is that is that is that the burrito of choice? Um, I'm not, I you know what? No comment. No comment, because I, no I can't comment. speak. That's I can't a very speak. Bill answer. Um <laughs> we're just out here we're, doing what we need to do and we'll do our on, best attempt and uh we're on, on to, to next week bowls. we're on, on to, to breakfast next bowls. week <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for listening everybody take care we'll catch you later yep <laughs>